Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. We are thrilled to have you here this week. Welcome back to the program. Happy 2018. Uh, It's a new year, and we are very excited about many of the things that we have in store for you uh, coming up. And this episode is the very first one. And this episode, I think... um, I think is a good episode to start with uh, for for 2018. You know, we we went through a lot of subject matter in 2017, but uh, there are certain things that have still been left untouched, and many of those uh, subjects we're going to touch on this year, uh, including this episode. And if you if you obviously read the title, you will see that this is about the the Greater Appalachian region, um, and the culture within it that is on the decline. Now this is an episode that is uh, somewhat close to home for me um, because where I currently live and where I have uh, where, where I grew up in was from uh, Appalachia. It was it was in the Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia uh, tri-state area and I really haven't, I really haven't talked a whole lot about my my personal life, especially uh, my upbringings here on this program too much. We, we've been spending a lot of time on so many other subjects that it really hasn't, it really hasn't, uh, I really haven't found it necessary to do so. But this is an episode that I want you to get a little bit uh, closer with me as your host. I feel uh, somewhat of an obligation to to provide you that opportunity, as well as dive into this mostly forgotten and mostly overlooked uh, issue, even though we really should not forget it or overlook it. Last year, uh, for for Outset Magazine, I wrote uh, an article entitled, let let me pull it up here, it was entitled, For the Appalachian Region, it is adapt or die, and essentially what I what I wrote about in this in this article, which I will be linking in the show notes here for today's uh, episode. I essentially I went over and and looked over, especially because this was coming right off of an election year. I looked over some of the issues and and some of the concerns of this of this overlooked and forgotten community. This is essentially. Um, what people think of a flyover country. People are not coming to this region uh, to create jobs. The The region is overwhelmingly in poverty, uh, and it is overwhelmingly people are, are leaving more and more every single year in, in greater numbers because there is no opportunity and there is no prosperity here anymore. Now, Trump... Um, knew this whenever he went campaigning in tw- in 2016 um, for for uh, the the presidency. He knew this and he capitalized on it, which is why somebody who who made the claim that my father gave me a small loan of a million dollars was able to sweep through and overwhelmingly crush the opponents in. Uh, the 2016 election in this region. He, run, he won uh, Ohio, uh, Kentucky, 
West Virginia. Obviously, he won uh, Tennessee and, and all throughout the region. Why this is so important is because this was once the backbone and really the soul, the, uh, the conscience, if you will, of the country. Uh, and this is this is something that's very important to me because I have friends and I have family who who live here and I love the the spirit and the integrity and the the just good-hearted nature of the people who live here um, and they deserve just as much of a chance at prosperity as the rest of the country does some of it however is in fact a self-inflicted wound Many of the issues and the problems simply come from the fact and the mindset that uh, many of them do not want to change. Many of them do not want to see the 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 way out, the way uh, the way up. Some other things, however, is something that comes externally, uh, and a little bit even is a little bit of uh, a mixture of both and once you fix one it becomes a lot easier to to fix the other and I want to touch on that on on today's episode what can we learn there there are three major points that I want to get into one is what can we learn from the downfall of this region for for the for the country as a whole um, the other thing is how this region can be reborn without losing necessarily uh, its culture and why it matters to you. Now, this this region is obviously a very Republican region, um, but this is actually one of the reasons why I, I became so strong in my convictions uh, into libertarianism. And it's, it's how I found my way into libertarianism, not in and of itself, not entirely alone, but because of the values, because of, um, because of the, the unyielding principles of understanding what's right and what's wrong and, and knowing that you are never supposed to compromise on those principles, those values share with the values of libertarianism and that is why this area in fact we we think that we can just overlook it because it's obviously just going to be a bunch of dumb rednecks and in the hills a bunch of dumb hillbillies who cling to their guns who just want to uh, ride on 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 coal and, and never want to to change and some of that is unfair some of it is very fair <laughs> depending on who you're talking to um but it's the spark of independence that makes this ground so fertile for libertarianism, so fertile for the ideas of liberty. And if that is something that can be communicated to the people in this region, it is something that we can uh, really capitalize on. The way that Trump did in the election, if you can take the same amount of passion and energy, communicate the ideas of liberty through that, because they already have the, the, the spirit of independence. They already have the spirit of sticking to your convictions, of, of never compromising on things that matter. Those uh, convictions, they just have the wrong ideas. Many of them have the wrong ideas when it comes down to the actual politics. But if you know the language and if you know how to speak 
uh, the the language of the spirit of independence and the spirit of, of, of staying true to your principles, then this is a fertile ground for liberty. And it's one that we cannot overlook. There is a reason why this was once the backbone of the nation. It was not only the backbone economically, because uh, with with uh, with energy, it energy does in fact create <laughs> the prosperity of a nation. It really does. It well, it certainly helps it without question. And because this is such an energy-rich area. But it's very specific energy. It's coal energy. It's, it's fossil fuel energy. A lot of people have relied on, on that single energy because nobody really prepared for anything to happen to it. Nobody really prepared for um, the industry to change. And that's really the first mistake. That's the first major uh, downfall of any region is to put all your eggs in one basket. That's the first lesson that you can apply uh, within your own life when looking at a region like the Appalachian region, is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Also, be prepared to understand that competition is real outside of this area. Competition is incredibly real, and you have to be prepared for that. You have to be able to adapt to the changing times. You don't... And this is where a lot of people get mixed up. You do not have to compromise on the values or the principles that have made your area, have made your region, have made your family, have made yourself so great. You don't have to compromise on those principles in order to uh, create a truly rich culture. One single industry or one single... um, way of life that needs to be known that while it may bring your area prosperity at one point in time that isn't going to always be the case competition will rise up and that is exactly what has happened some of it has been through the market some of it has been uh through the government some of it is because uh the government is trying to at at times trying to force coal out of existence, which is why when Hillary Clinton said in the 2016 election that she'll be putting a lot of coal miners out of out of work and a lot of coal mines out of businesses, that really resonated and that really spoke to this region. And honestly, I can understand why, because it's not the government's place to try to put certain businesses, regardless of what their environmental or energy policy may be, it's not the government's place to put those certain businesses out of work. It's also not the government's place to help salvage certain businesses or certain industries. And that, in and of itself, was the major split and the major divide uh, in the 2016 election in in this region. And that still resonates today. It is a split and a divide between uh, the people who are like Trump, who really uh, resonate with Trump's message, who says the government needs to help the coal country out because it is the backbone of the country. And that's a message I understand, but it's a, it's a solution that is wrong. Much like on with our, <laughs> our friends, I say that somewhat ironically, on the left, uh, who correctly diagnose the issue 
who correctly diagnose the problem, whether it comes to uh, income inequality or whether it comes to, um, you know, staggering wages um, or, or, you know, fill in the blank, big banks and big businesses, but incorrectly diagnose the solution. They do not understand that what they are calling for is precisely what created the situation in the first place. And many of that, um, uh, much of that is, is very similar here in this region as well. Now you have to understand that people around here, while they are very independent, they don't necessarily think that they're, they're continuing to beg for more and more government intervention and more and more government um, uh, uh, growth for a bigger government. They don't necessarily think that that's what they're doing, even though many times they are. What we have to do is say that the market is the way forward. You're not guaranteed anything in life. If you want to live a certain way, if you want to live a certain life, if you just want the government to get out of your way and and go to your uh, go back to your home or to your cabin or to your you know whatever in uh, in in the mountains or in the in the hills in the Appalachian region, that's fine. We have to resonate with that message of independence in order to be an effective messenger of liberty. Because once we are able to deliver that message to people like this, to people who who really um, are good-hearted people, then they'll be able to carry that message all the way up throughout their region, and they will be able to carry that message. That's part of the reason why we have people like Rand Paul and we have people like Thomas Massey um, in Congress right now, and we have people... Uh, like Matt Bevan, who's the governor of Kentucky, who's really probably my favorite governor in the country right now. That's one of the reasons why we have those uh, individuals in in positions of power. Some of the greatest liberty defenders come from this region for a good reason. Because Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, Matt Bevan, and, and many individuals uh, who share their values, they know that this area is strikingly independent. They know that this area is a very, very uh, liberty-friendly area. They know that this area is, uh, is very open to the ideas that made this country great in the first place. It's all about the communication of those ideas. Now, Rand Paul was able to do so quite well, as was uh, Thomas Massey. They are uh, Rand Paul, I would consider to be probably the most powerful uh, senator in Washington right now, or the most influential senator in Washington right now. Certainly one who is in the minority. He is certainly not the one who, who has the most popular of opinions in D.C., but yet he is the one who is getting the things that he wants done into legislation and having it signed by the president. It does it's not 100% obviously. No no one person has that kind of power. But as far as the position of power that he actually does have does have and what he has actually been able to accomplish um, especially in the past uh, year to year and a half, it has been incredible. And that is a testament to this area and that is a testament to this region. 
They sent him because he was a man who stuck to his principles, who stuck to his conviction, and who knew that liberty and independence are inseparable. We have to do much like what uh, Rand Paul did and much like what Thomas Massey did uh, in order to effectively communicate those messages. Separate the, the Trump personality and separate the, the dogma. I mean, yes, obviously, when it comes down to it, it's very hard to get past the, the, the partisan politics, the partisanship of politics, the fact that it's either Team Red or Team Blue. But if you just talk about the ideas and if you just talk about the issues and forget the rest of it, if you're able to break through and break past that partisan um, message, that is what is truly effective. In 2015, uh, and, and here I'm going to read just, just a little bit about um, the, the state of Appalachia from the, uh, the article I wrote uh, about a year ago, uh, actually this month. In 2015, MarketWatch ranked Charleston, West Virginia, and Huntington, West Virginia, tri-state metro areas as the second and first most miserable areas in the country. In Huntington alone, the well-being index is reported at a mere 59.5%. There's a 40% obesity rate in this area. Sadly, no other metro area scored worse off in emotional health and stability, making depression all too common. Uh, For me, this hit home in particular. On one hand, it's very easy to blame uh, Washington, D.C. for for many of the troubles. And throughout the Obama administration, many of the troubles that they faced did, in fact, come from Washington, D.C. It came from the regulatory burdens that the Obama uh, administration, especially through the EPA, uh, put on many of the coal mines and many of uh, the, the businesses throughout the region. Because this was what kept the region afloat it kept it it gave people jobs it gave people uh, livelihoods and families we can't forget that behind every coal mine there's a there's a dozen families that is being fed because of it the solution cannot come from washington dc the solution cannot come from more burdensome regulations the solution cannot come from a, a, a legislative uh, victory in the House and the Senate and signed by the President. That will not fix it. Even with what Trump is doing um, to remove some of those Obama-era regulations on, on coal mines and on, uh, on coal industries, it's not enough because the heart of the problem did not stem from Washington. It's easy to blame that, but that's not where it stemmed from. It stemmed from their own hands. Unfortunately, probably the greatest thing that hinders this entire region is the mentality of uh, protectionism, because this is a an area that very heavily wants to protect a very particular industry. In order for this uh, to to not be the case, part of it also, mind you, is uh, because unions very much want to protect the industry. Um, But also, another part of it is just because people don't understand that the market provides the best way forward. West Virginia is one of the most beautiful, beautiful states in the entire country. It is one of the most fiercely independent states in the entire country. 
Ohio and and Kentucky, much of the same. West Virginia has uh, constitutional carry in it, which is really something that uh, the rest of the country it is leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the country when it comes to uh, Second Amendment rights. It should be an easy area. It has so many natural resources beyond just coal. It should be such an easy area to be able to allow to flourish. But because so many people want to put all their eggs in one basket, that is killing the area. In order for the region to grow, and likewise in order for the country to grow, while yes, uh, removing government regulations certainly help, it comes down to what are the people willing to do? If people understand, and this is where, where we come in as libertarians, if people understand that liberty is the only way forward, it is the only way for prosperity, it's the only way for well-being, and yes, there is risk, but it it comes with the it comes with the the turf. If you understand the risk, you're less likely to do risky things, unnecessarily risky things. You're more likely to take necessary risks, the kind of risks that provide uh, growth in the aftermath. If you remove the government net, if you remove the union net, if you remove the fact that uh, the government will not hurt you nor will it help you, if you remove that from the equation people inevitably begin to take root. The message of liberty is one that is exceptional in the Appalachian region. It's one that helped build my spirit and helped build my convictions, and it's helped me understand the difference in right and wrong, especially in the political landscape growing up here uh, in this region. It has sent some of the biggest game-changers in modern day politics into power it is able to turn itself around only if it lets itself and only if we are able to communicate that message effectively all right so there is a little bit of a shorter one today just because uh it's it's a new year and we're just getting started we have several episodes to get into. This month, we're going to have uh, an episode on Bitcoin here in a couple weeks, and it's very fun with uh, with Jeffrey Tucker. We're, we're bringing him back for a third time. He's the first uh, three-time guest that we've had, I believe, actually. Um, and we have a very fun discussion with that. I'm also going to be doing a, a, a fun little episode on monopolies. And I'm very excited about this one because it's, again, one that we haven't really touched on. Yet it's very important, especially with industries such as um, Disney. There's a lot of talk uh, about Disney becoming a monopoly, about Amazon becoming a monopoly, um, and and the likes. And I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach on that. Uh, next month, uh, just a little bit of a preview throughout the year, next month we're going to continue with more guests and more uh, subject matter for President's Day next month. You're really going to love President's Day because I'm going to, for every year for President's Day from here on out, I'm going to pick a president and just completely um, turn him inside out. Just completely uh tear away the the perceived legacy the perceived high horse that that he was on uh that most of society perceives him and and just show you what kind of a person uh 
whichever president we do for, for whichever president's day. This year, it's going to be Teddy Roosevelt, and I am very excited about that one because, uh, yeah, that guy is is not that great, despite despite so many people, especially in the conservative circles, uh, like to like to make him out to be. And then we will be at Liberty Con in uh, March, so we have a very full and very uh, exciting and uh, early spring in the first uh, section of the new year so be sure to stay tuned and share around uh, share with uh, with your family and with your friends I'm very excited to to get started with you in this new year let's uh, let's let's do this so without further ado you know the drill you can follow me at Caleb Franz on Twitter you can follow the show at Milliberty on Twitter and you can of course subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode nor will you miss an update uh, please that please subscribe to us on iTunes you have no idea how much that helps us and uh, helps us grow uh, we have some very exciting developments coming up in the next month or two so stay tuned for all those but until next week we shall see you